Welcome to Women Work Wellbeing. I'm your host, Zoe Hayden-Jones. Each week, expect a blend of heartfelt conversations, expert advice, and actionable tips designed to support you in achieving your professional goals, finding harmony in your personal life, and cultivating well-being that resonates with who you truly are. This is more than a podcast. It's a community, a movement, and your personal catalyst for transformation. So welcome to another episode of Women Work Wellbeing. I hope you're all okay today. It's a solo episode with me and we are talking all about navigating acceptance. Say what? Um, and when when I'm talking about navigating acceptance, I want to talk about being okay with dealing with what life throws at us. So what is not in our control, what is in our control. And the reason for this subject is because I shared um, a post on LinkedIn from Stephen Bartlett over the weekend and it got really good interaction. And it was just a simple uh, one pager, what, what is out of my control and what is in my control. And he, in this, in this, Uh, In this post, he said, um, out of my control, the past, the result, the future, other people's opinion and what others think of me. And in this image for the in my control, it was my words, my thoughts, my response, self-awareness and how I treat others. And it just really resonated with me for a few different reasons. Um, A lot of, you know, when my kids have been worrying about different things, different stages, they both have have worries. And we talk a lot about this, this CBT approach, you know, is it in your control or is it not? So when you look at what I've just, the elements I've just read out on on that, other people's opinion. Now, I don't know if if you've listened to my podcast episode on the let them theory, that was game changing for me. And the let them theory is about, you know, you are not in control of what other people think ever. You'll never change someone's whole opinion. You might be able to sway it, but what people do is their decision. It's their prerogative. So the let them theory supports that by, um, you know, if someone's going to do something or think something, let them. If someone's going to go out, even though they've said they're not drinking and they're going to just drink all night till 7 a.m. in the morning, it's kind of like, let them. Obviously not if they're, um, you know, an alcoholic or they are um, on some sort of program. If someone decides that they don't want to come on a, a girl's weekend trip away and you really wound up because everyone said they're going, but now they've decided that they don't want to do it, let them. If a dog walker walks past you and you're walking your dog and um, the dog barks and they don't pull them back or do anything or try and restrain their dog or whatever it is, they don't pick up poo, let them. So obviously the theory, you know, when it comes to safety and, and things like that, then obviously that's different. But I just think it's really powerful because it makes you realize how much energy you are spending worrying about what other people think because you're not in control. So this post really just struck a chord. And I was like, you know, we we can we can live by this. So this whole podcast episode is about how we can deal with what life is throwing at us potentially, not all the time, we, you know, we're normal, we're human. So it's kind of like, how do we embrace that acceptance? 
So let's start right at the beginning. So let's let's take the first point. So the past. Okay. In yoga, the main aim is to be in the present moment. So it is hard. That's what meditation is. Like, how hard is it just to be in your body? We spend so much time rushing around going on to the next thing, planning the next holiday, working out what's happening at the end of the week, instead of just being in our body and being now. So the reason I wanted to bring that up is because the past is is also applicable. So a lot of us are living in the future, but a lot of us are also dwelling in the past, not always dwelling, but thinking about the past and taking ourselves way back when. But the past, although it lingers for a lot of us, it's done. It's it, It's gone and it's out of our control because it's in the past. And similarly in yoga, when, um, especially when I'm teaching my students, you know, becoming aware of your body and just being so present will help you drop into that being present space, which is, you know, really quite tough. Um, so when with, when you notice that you're dwelling in the past, say something went wrong at work or something in your personal life and you're dwelling so much on it, see if you can catch yourself See if you can notice that you're just in that in the past and how can you bring yourself into the present. The second one is the result. So you can do your very best to make sure that the result, whether this is work or in your personal life, whatever it is, you can make sure that you do your best to make sure that the result is as you expect or as you want or as you desire it to be. However, despite your best efforts, outcomes are not always in our hands and obviously this is vast there are so many different outcomes whether you're I don't know in a team and you want to win or you're running a race or you've got a huge presentation you're pitching to a client whatever it is you can work literally your ass off but it's sometimes out of your control so if you then dwell and you go into a negative space because you haven't got the results that you wanted, then that's going to hold you back. It's not in your control anymore. It's done. That also falls into going in the past, into the past. And I think the result is really big um, because I know I've done it in work situations. I've made a massive, massive cock up at work in an old, old, old job. And I it sent me spiraling into a headspace where I was I just completely beating myself up, questioning my ability to do the job, questioning my skill set, questioning my thought process. You know, it was real and I was living it. But once you, you, you know, for me, I had to pick up the pieces. I had to go through this process and I am human at the end of the day and things happen. And it's sometimes, well, it's a lot of the time it's how we react to it and how we move forward. So on that note, when we look at the next one, it's the future. So again, going back to the yoga example, when we can't live in the future because we're right here, right now. The future doesn't exist. I literally say to my students, it's like, that hasn't happened yet. This is the moment in time. Right now, you're listening to this podcast wherever you are. Just take a moment just to be here now, right here in the moment. So it might feel like there's elements of uncertainty and that might make us feel like, oh gosh, it's you know this isn't in my control and put us on edge but it hasn't happened yet. And that's where you can do your planning and you can prep for the future so that you are armed and ready. So whatever has gone on in the past, obviously you might need to, you know, whatever it is that you're thinking about, I want you to really 
try and catch yourself and notice when you're hovering in that space and notice how you are speaking to yourself. Okay, so the next one is other people's opinions. I have touched on this with the let them theory, but notice when you are trying to get into someone's headspace. So you might think that you know what someone is thinking, or you might know, you might think you know what someone's opinion is of you. So this is a classic one when you're looking at CBT, when you are, let's take the work example again, if you're doing a presentation and someone looks at you, or maybe they just, they have that, that face where they just don't look very happy. You might tell yourself the narrative that they think I'm rubbish at this pitch. They are not interested in this. You are telling yourself that you know their opinion of you. You'll never know their opinion. They're probably in that pitch, in that boardroom, not even thinking about you. They're probably thinking about what they're going to have for lunch. They're living in the future. Maybe, they, maybe they're thinking about what they did last night, living in the past. So other people's opinions, you have no control. External perceptions can change. They're not definitive. But the key piece of information here is you will never know. They might tell you, but while you're spending a lot of time worrying or thinking about what people maybe think of you or what their opinion is of your piece of the piece of work you've done or the pitch you've done, whatever it is, it's out of your control. You need to just try and let it go. And then similarly, I've sort of touched on this with that with the previous one. What other people think of you? Yeah. So the one before was other people's opinions. So it might be that you have an opinion on something that you really like and you feel passionate about and they don't. You can't sway them. You can't you can't change it. You can to a, a degree, but it's not definitive. And then the next one is what other people think of me. And that's the big one. What I just, you know, going back to like that pitching example or a boardroom example, or you do something and you worry what other people think of you. And it's often constructed by loads of different factors that you're telling yourself and it's beyond your reach it's beyond your control it's it's completely their thoughts about you it's and and I think that's a really big one as my kids are getting older I'm noticing um you know they're they're aware of what people think they want to look cool and I remember being like that all of the time um especially as you're getting sort of older into the last few years of primary school and then into high school you care deeply what people think and I definitely think as you get older you care a lot less but in relation to this podcast it's it's all about when we're thinking about what we're in control of and what we're not in control of if you're not in control you need to let it go because we're wasting energy on it so then we want to think about the what we are in control of what what can we action what can we do um when we're thinking about what we're not in control of i think it's really important before we move on to these just to recognize when you're not in control of something how quickly can you catch that notice that you're spending energy and time on it and let it go move away from it it's tough but it's it's like with anything it's like with meditation and mindfulness it's a practice and the sooner you become aware of it and bring that awareness in that you're living in the past or you're thinking about what someone thinks of you or you wish someone had a different opinion the sooner you let it go and catch yourself the sooner you can um let go of those feelings a little bit quicker so i feel like when you do this work, it's almost like this inner work and you become really aware of what you are in control of. It's kind of like having these empowering realizations. So let's go with the first one, my words. So you are in control. 
do you need to do a little bit of inner work on your your values, your intentions? What do you want to say? How do you want to say it? Do you want to, um, I follow someone on TikTok who, who talks about doing a speaking, public speaking course and how the power of our words and our delivery is so important. And often we don't think about it. So your words, you're, you are in control. The second one is thoughts. Um, obviously, <laughs> depending on the type of person you are, how we think about ourselves, how we think about others, our internal dialogue, what we're telling ourselves. Uh, when I recorded the Confidence podcast and uh, masterclass with Anna Manning, she talked a lot about that internal dialogue. How how are we how are we speaking to ourselves? So so important. You know the lens through which you perceive this reality or what's in front of you, and then the influence that that can have on you. And what I am going to talk about when I get to the end of what we're in control of is someone on my LinkedIn post made a comment saying I don't agree completely as a neurodiverse individual, which I thought was a brilliant comment to make. Um, and I'm going to go into that in a little bit because obviously we have our sister podcast, Inclusive Career Conversations. And obviously this isn't set in stone for everybody. Some people listening will be like, well, I think that some of those are in my control. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, so again, when we're thinking about neurodiversity, you know, these, th these, these five things that I'm saying are in your control. If you are neurodiverse, you might be thinking, mm, no, not all the time. So it might be thoughts. It might be words, it might be how you articulate yourself, depending on how you communicate. Obviously, this is not set in stone. And I really want to bring this up because we are all different and we all think differently. But this this podcast has been designed to just get you thinking a little bit more. So maybe when you if you're having a day full of anxiety and self-doubt, we all have them. I have them in the business where you think, what am I doing? Can I do this? Why am I doing that? And you question things and it's it's crazy, but we do it. Well, I do it. I, I mean, a lot of women I speak to do this all the time. Okay, so the third one in your control is your response. I think this is really powerful. I, back in the day, am a quick fire off an email, you know, if I'm dealing with a company or something, probably not work related, more personal, but quick to react, hot off the cuff, you know, all the sayings take a moment to consider your response, whether that is in a conversation, whether you're at work, whether you are in a difficult meeting, whether you are, whatever you are, maybe it's with family, maybe it all gets a bit heated and there's a bit of a, a family debate. Your response is in your control. It, it can shape the outcome and that might be how you articulate your response whether that's on email or whether you're face to face with someone, but just thinking about how you respond. So powerful. I think about this a lot with the kids. I was listening to something recently. Oh my gosh, it was a brilliant podcast episode, by the way. How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. She interviewed Joe Wicks. Oh, such a moving episode. I absolutely love him. I didn't really know that much about him. I've done his workouts, but he talked about like parenting and and he said that when a child is having a tantrum, it's often because they can't articulate how they feel. So they tantrum more. And the knee-jerk reaction is, you know, when you're juggling a million things, you get annoyed and then you shout back at them or you, you say that you're going to take things away. But actually, half the time, it's that they want that love and comfort. 
And I did it the other day when my little girl was having this crazy tantrum. I sort of knelt down and said, are you okay? Do you want a hug? And she went in and hugged me and it was it was amazing. And it was one of those moments where, you know, the realization of the age difference, my little girl has just turned seven and she couldn't articulate why she was having that tantrum. It was something to do with sweets and the shops. Um, but it was just really interesting. She couldn't articulate, but we can, we can decide how we respond to a situation. Okay. So the next one is self-awareness. I love a little bit of self, uh, self-awareness. It's a bit of journeying inward, um, knowing about you, knowing about what makes you, you. So if you feel uncomfortable in that, you know, the situation we talked about earlier about how you respond, being kind and, and aware um, on how you react to certain situations. So being self-aware, giving yourself a little bit of credit and knowing you as a person. So don't beat yourself up if you don't react in a certain way. Being aware of you. How do you, what's going to make you feel comfortable in a situation? And I know I've, I've already said it, but just not beating yourself up. I'm so quick over the years to beat myself up when using that work example, when I messed up on a client account, oh, the beating, the levels of like beating myself up and talking to myself really in a really nasty way, in a way I wouldn't talk to other people. So being really self-aware of how you're reacting and responding is in your control. And then the last one is how you treat others. This is a biggie. This is what I am hammering home with my children. Empathy, kindness, treating, I mean, this flips the other way, doesn't it? Treat yourself how you would treat others. But it's really important actually to to notice how you are treating others. How are you speaking to other people? Do you treat them in a way that is acceptable? And this will vary, won't it? Whether it's professional life, personal life, whatever it is, but that is certainly in your control. We need to spread some more kindness um, out into the world. Um, So here are some action points for you that I really want you to do after listening to this podcast. I want you to, number one, be a little bit more reflective. So just based on what we've talked about, notice or catch when something is in your control, if you're deep in the in the mind, if you're procrastinating or if you're dwelling or if you're feeling a bit low or anxious, try and catch whether it's something that's in your control or not in your control. So taking that time just to have space to step away. So to notice if you are in the past, in the future, whether you're dwelling on other people's opinions, see if you can catch it. Not everyone journals, but it's a great one to do. Meditation, also brilliant. Meditate on a situation. Just sit. I think the word meditate scares some people sometimes, but just find find a quiet place just to sit. It doesn't have to be on the floor, cross-legged, and just have a few moments with yourself and just notice, witness what is happening. So a little bit of reflective practice, whatever that is, whatever it looks like for you. The second one, you're going to practice some mindful responses. So if you are 
um, quick to respond, if you're fiery and you just want to get your point across, I want you to proactively this week and into the coming months ahead, weeks and months ahead, practice some mindful pausing before you react to, especially if it's a challenging situation or someone's opinion that you don't agree with. So I want you to practice mindful pausing, but I also want you to experiment with different responses. So if you you always respond in the same way, well, no, it's not like that. Or, or you're quite argumentative or you push your opinion on other people. Try some different responses. Similarly, if you don't use your voice and you let people walk all over you a little bit or you're not speaking up in meetings, I want you to practice some different responses. And whichever level you are at, maybe you're somewhere in the middle, practice with different responses and focus on a bit more compassion and understanding. So that might be compassion and understanding for yourself, or it might be for the other person. And then the third action point that you're going to do is you're going to practice some self-awareness. Now, I've already touched on this a little bit. If you're not into meditation, I want you to practice some mindfulness. So the only way you're going to know if you're dropping into the past, the future, things that are out of your control is if, that if you're spending more minutes in your day in a mindful state. So when we're talking about mindfulness, we're talking about being in the moment and being aware of the situation. So if you're going for a walk, I love a podcast, obviously. Um, I, I'm quick to put music on, to put a podcast on, to put an audio book on. Have you ever done a mindful walk? Game changer. It's hard because you're used to just sticking your earphones in and consuming something else. But have you ever just taken a mindful walk, noticed the, the pavement under your feet, noticed the birds singing, just notice your surroundings. That is a mindful walk. You can do it when you're brushing your teeth. That's a really good one. Just noticing that your feet, you're standing on the earth, you're standing tall, you notice the bristles on your teeth. That is like mindful brushing of teeth. Another good one is cleansing on a night. That's my favorite. So just try and be a little bit more self-aware. What's happening with you in your body? Mindfulness, meditation. And when you start to do that, you'll notice the thoughts, the emotions popping up going away, floating on by. You'll start to also notice physical sensations more and you can start to just notice them without having like a judgment, without having a narrative stuck to it. Or I promise if you start practicing this, you will almost cultivate a deeper understanding of you and what it's like to be you. And, and the more you can become more self-aware, the more you can help yourself in those other situations that we've talked about. The fourth action point is you're going to focus on some personal growth. So I've talked about values on the podcast. What can you can you set some achievable goals that relate to areas that you are in control of? So if it's something at work, is there a training course that you can do if you want to improve your communication? Is there a goal that you can um that you can focus on that will foster more healthy habits. So it might be trying the 5am club for a month. That is in your control. You set the alarm and you are your person. You get out of bed. Is there something that you can do that is purely for you, that is that is based on something in your control? Just to, again, bring your awareness into what's not in my control, what's in my control. And then the last and final one is going to be practicing some self-compassion. So we've had self-awareness, but now we're going to practice some self-compassion. And you're going to be a bit kinder to yourself. You're going to be a little bit more understanding, especially during those days, minutes, moments of in 
intense self-doubt or if you have a setback or if something happens at work or if you've gone for a job and you haven't got it how can you be a little bit more compassionate with yourself? How can you stop speaking to yourself in a negative way? Stop beating yourself up. So with that, I'm going to challenge you to notice when there's a self-critical thought popping up and you're going to counteract it with a self-compassionate statement. So I am rubbish at my job. I work really hard and I am committed. I'm terrible at, at, at presenting. I'm working on my confidence and I'm working on my presentation skills. I am good at communicating. So a counteractive statement so that you start to build on that compassion for yourself. So you are constantly acknowledging your worth um, and everything that's good about you. Um, I did want to add another action point in, but I'm trying to stick to five. But it was it was going to be embracing imperfection. So when I just said then, uh, then about embracing and, um, you know, practicing self-compassion and being kind to yourself also, so celebrating all the good things, we also have bad things. And you know what? It's okay. We're not supposed to be perfect. And sometimes it's good to celebrate imperfections. And I love that word imperfections because in the old age interviews, I don't know if they're still even asking this now, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? It's kind of like, what, what are your imperfections? What, you know, we're not supposed to be amazing at everything. So I want you to go away with those five action points. Even if you just implement one, please let me know how you get on. And if you are not in the members club already, then why not? You need to head to community.jobsforwomen.co.uk forward slash join. And we are reaching more and more people more and more women the world over. It is pretty inc incredible every single week. But did you know that one review relates to 1,000 downloads of an episode? Please, 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 whatever podcast player on you're on now, head to the main show and either review, leave a, a written review, which would be amazing, that's on Apple, or just drop rating. Um, it makes the world's, uh, world of difference to the podcast, to who we reach, to the companies we work with. And yeah, just want to let you know that I'm grateful for each and every one of you and go off and have a brilliant day or evening or whatever you're doing. And I will see you next week.